Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Patrick can handle top six, playing with Brad Marchand. You leave Zaka with David Pasternak, and then you slide Coyle down into the third line center spot. You're starting to talk about rebuilding that depth at the forward position that you've had before and really like getting back to what you were even last year a little bit. Um, if it all works out that way. And I think it's just going to make them a stronger team uh, moving forward in a deeper team where that depth looked like it was really being challenged uh, going into this year. Talks with Ags is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome to the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can check out my work at uh, joehaggerty.substack.com. Uh, join up with a premium membership and you'll get all of my content fully sent uh, into your inbox. Every time I write something new about the NHL and the Bruins, it will get sent right to you when you sign up for the newsletter and you get to read everything if you sign up for the premium membership. Uh, as always, thank you to our sponsors, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, meals ready, delicious meals ready in two minutes, and also FanDuel Sportsbook um, right in the swing of the NFL season. And now with NHL season getting going too, tons of stuff uh, to put wagers on. So head over to FanDuel Sportsbook and get your account going there. Uh, as always, uh, a good buddy of mine, a, good, a great colleague, Mick Collagio, uh, joining me today for the Pucks with Hags podcast. I believe this is the 31st episode. Mick, uh, tell everybody out there where they can find your stuff these days. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, my Rink Wrap blog has been revived independently and can now be accessed at rinkwrapmc, M as in Mick, C as in Collagio, rinkwrapmc.com. And I link to X, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we call it Twitter here. I'm not I'm not <laughs> adhering to anything Elon Musk, any of his ego uh, parade that's going on, calling it X instead of Twitter. Uh, but let's not talk about Elon Musk. Let's uh, talk about the, the task at hand here, uh, the subject of the day. Uh, Boston Bruins hockey is back. Uh, the NHL is back. Uh, I let my son, my 10-year-old son, Finn, stay up uh, to watch Connor Bedard's debut uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins last night and uh, just excited that hockey is here. Um, what's your excitement level just that the NHL is back after a, another long play out the string preseason, especially where they stopped playing games almost like a week ago, the Bruins, uh, and just, uh, the Bruin, the NHL at large and the Bruins back. Uh, where's your excitement level, Mick? Um, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm Pete Carroll all up. I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> jacked and pumped. I'm, I'm pumped and jacked and, and, uh, yeah, right. Uh, I'm the college coach in the pros, uh, but yeah, uh, this is this is exciting times. I'm I'm a hockey junkie, so I love seeing the Bruins go through. I don't. I wasn't looking forward to saying goodbye to Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, 
But I'm so intrigued by watching the Bruins trot this out and see what this looks like and see how their offense comes together with everybody in the game, everybody completely motivated. And, And now we'll finally find out what kind of a ceiling we can put on this team as far as uh, what they can build out with this particular roster and, and, and what, how good are they? How good were they? How good will they be? Um, will the goaltending be as good? Will the defense be as good? Will the puck movement be as good? Uh, you know, just had some, uh, uh, and, and because we all know that the forward situation got turned inside out, upside down and sideways. And, and yep. now, uh, you know, young leaders have to become have to become full bore. It's you now. There's nobody else. No other generation ahead of you. So yeah, um, and and you know, there, there's going to be and, and Dukes had actually mentioned this when we had him on last week too um, about just what you're talking about. And I totally agree. Like the unknown of this team kept things pretty interesting in training camp because it's just vastly different than what we're used to over the last 20 years, you know, subtracting David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron from the equation just radically changes what this team is going to look like on the ice, how they're going to function. Definitely the forward group, but I think just overall how the five man unit uh, is going to function on the ice special teams. uh, They were both a huge part. Uh, So there's a lot of different things that I think are going to be very different with this Boston Bruins team. And, and, you know, one thing I was watching um, in preseason and it's hard to gauge sometimes because some of the veterans are sort of going through the preseason motions, the guys that know they're going to be on the team, but there, there were long stretches. And I think almost every game, if not every game, they were outshot by a pretty wide margin. And it seemed like the other team had the puck a lot more than they did. And, and it's going to be interesting to see if that plays out going into the regular season and how much of that is a function of like the centers and you know just not the puck possession and not having it as much as the guys that seem to have the puck on their stick quite a bit um, in those top two lines, the two, you know, top six centers. And that's going to be one that I'm going to be watching pretty closely because I, I remember last year and, and you know, for, for in recent memory, for my mind, um, the Bruins were always out shooting teams they were playing against. They always had a lot more shots. Even when they lost, there was a wide shot uh, on net advantage. And it seems like something puck possession wise, they had enjoyed an advantage against almost every team that they played for, for a long period of time. And, you know, some of that is obviously a defenseman, but I think a lot of that too is, is their elite premier centers that they had at the two uh, top forward spots. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in general um, but I'm just fascinated to see how the piece is going to work, see what uh, Jim Montgomery is going to move around. He's a guy that's not afraid to move pieces around, uh, both on his special teams units and uh, his forwards. Uh, I think his pairs will be fairly consistent, but I think forwards, he likes to change around a lot. Um, but that gets me to you know the next sort of question or subject, and that's um, some of the young blood and the new players uh, that are going to be on this team now that we know what the roster is. And you know, we, we did a podcast over the summer talking about how the athletic had uh, really dragged the Bruins draft and development system through the mud the last couple of years. They had the, the worst rated pipeline in the NHL as far as young talent goes for two years in a row. Yet in training camp, we see 19 year old Matt Patra pop and make this team as a center. We see uh, Johnny Beecher come out of the University of Michigan, a, f- a first round pick, and it looks like he's going to be the starting fourth or the fourth line center. Uh, on this Boston Bruins team, and he won that job in camp. Just your thoughts on the two of them winning jobs and where you think they're going to fit in and what you expect out of them going into the season. Um, Johnny Beecher, uh, for all of his uh, ability to get up and down the ice, 
um, uh, he was becoming considered not inside the organization, but outside the organization. People wondering if he was a bust, um, yeah. even in a even as a future Corrali, because even if your job isn't to score goals, but to kill penalties and and be opportunistic, well, then being opportunistic means you got to carpe diem. And yep. I saw that in this camp. I didn't see that in prior seasons. In fact, I saw him almost go in a panic mode when he had his own scoring chance and somehow let the window go by, reinvent the play or something. Like, no, it can't be me. It can't be here. It can't be now. And then nothing happens. And you're like, wow, what a waste. And and uh, But this kid can really play. And with that, when you when you have a rarity of a player in today's uh, game who can turn a defenseman old school, uh, when you get that kind of loping stride and you can yeah. get by people like that, that then then you got to find a way to reinvent it at every level you get to, which is a chore and a challenge. But yep. but now it sounds it looks to me like this kid is finally figuring it out. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And I kind of always I kind of always felt like he was going to be an NHL player just because at every development camp, whenever you watched him play, the speed just popped out at you. Like the long stride, the speed, the ability to, to your point, to back defensemen off and really get them on their heels. He's always had that. And, and this, the physical size, when you combine the speed that he has with the NHL size, the ideal NHL size that he has uh, at the forward position, the center position, and those two things together, you know, you felt like maybe a little bit more of the offensive confidence was going to to the point where like he's not going to be a big playmaker. I don't think at the NHL level, I don't think he's going to be a huge goal scorer unless something really, you know, radically changes or improves. But he, by virtue of the speed and the physicality and the size, is going to put himself into scoring positions a lot. You know, he's going to find himself in really uh, good scoring areas, get grade A chances. And I, I think we talked about it before. I kind of equate him a little bit to Daniel Paye, who was a former first round pick, whose speed and tenaciousness always put him into great offensive positions he would get breakaways he would get great chances he just didn't have the hands to always finish them off and I think Beecher is kind of going to be in that same category where you know I think his numbers are going to end up being decent because he's going to have so many great grade a chances based on the skill set that he brings to the table but yeah I think where people are going to always be left wanting is complaining that he's a first round pick and he's only a fourth line center or maybe he ends up being a third line center and you know you're drafting somebody in the first round you have much 
higher sights in mind, or you should, you should be projecting players like that to be for top line centers, like whatever, you know, and the Bruins wound up with Daniel Paillet because of that kind of a quantity. 100%. And, uh, you know, and, uh, but uh, the Bruins are extremely patient with their developing and it become, it almost, I don't know, maybe it's just my psychological situation viewing the crap they've taken over the 2015 draft and there's been what eight drafts since then now yeah. and yet that's still like the bane of their existence well there's nothing they love more than to have some homegrown players to pop in the nhl but now they got to win with them you got to be a good team but if they can accomplish that then everybody is going to be like well where did we get it wrong uh because uh was a late first round choice uh, they they did acquire some other guys who had been in this uh, draft and now moved on from Greer, for instance. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but yeah, I, I'm, that that excites me that that Beecher has has become a more uh, determined shooter of the puck. If there's a situation that presents itself, I don't see him having a mental logjam anymore. Uh, but hey. We haven't played one second of real NHL hockey yet. So yep. it's early in that newfound confidence uh, that I have. But yes, it's there. I have it. Um, obviously, Patra. Uh, yeah, I mean, I learned back, you know, 20 something years ago not to trust my eyes during development camp. Yep. You know, Lars Janssen lugging the puck through the middle and making me. Making it reminded me of Nicholas Lidstrom or, uh, or Jared, Jared Knight was my guy that uh, the London Knights kid who like oh, looked yeah, like a, a yeah. premium power forward. He's a former second round pick, and then all of a sudden when the HL game started, it was like he's not. Uh, what there was a legion of people who came up with theories on how could he possibly miss. It must be yeah. Bruce Cassidy's fault. You know, he must have poisoned yeah. the water in Providence or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, it it, uh, it it you know Sammy Paulson. You know, turned out to be a pretty damn good NHLer. Um, you know, uh, but but not here and not fast. You know, so yep. you know, development camp looked like Peter Forsberg. So yeah, was I excited when I saw Quatra this summer at, at Warrior? Yes, I felt like there was a sturdiness about his game. I loved, 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 loved how he could have a velvety reception of a pass and give back the puck without looking too jelloy when he did it. He just was like, it didn't look like he was trying to show everybody how soft his hands were. He just was like, bang, bang. And it was like, no sound. And it's like, wow, I love watching this kid. And um, and it just seemed to me like, I'm really intrigued to see where this goes. Because it is his second year. He has put on weight. A lot of times, guys, somebody like Jack Stadnika, he went and did workout warrior mode in Foxborough one year. And yep. came back to camp. And everybody was pretty excited. I was, I went on the, I got on the bandwagon. Yep. And, uh, and, and then, uh, what happened happened, you know, and, and, uh, and now here he goes on waivers. And Pat, and Patra also like, he put up 95 points in the OHL last year, you know, like he had a season where you said, okay, this guy's pretty dominant at this level. Like, you know, he, he's almost at that point pushing for, you know, how much more do I have to prove here if I have another, you know, a hundred point season and, you know, he only had 16 goals. So yeah. maybe that's something he could have worked on if he went back there is just being a little bit more of a dominant scoring force instead of uh, being a playmaker, but still like 95 points is 95 points at that, you know, level. Like, 
you're, you're starting to master that junior hockey level when you get to that point. And that's when I think the whole equation about what's better for his development comes into play, going back there and dominating again against inferior competition or, you know, moving up to the, to the NHL level where it is going to be a huge leap, but you're also playing with like equally skilled players who are going to be in the right spots all the time. And if for a guy like him, who's got high hockey IQ, who's got playmaking ability, who sees the ice really well playing with other guys that play that way and can see the ice the same way he does, it's going to bring out the best in him and, you know, could kickstart that development to an even higher level than what it was as a 19 year old in the OHL. And, and, you know, like you, I liked a lot of the other things that I saw about him. It wasn't just the passing. It was the, the, you know, it was the little things. It was getting worked in the face-off circle in one preseason game and then going back at practice and saying, I'm going to get better and then vastly improving the next game uh, based on what he had learned and processing that information so quickly and then, you know, improving on it the next game. It was winning tons of puck battles, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world, uh, to keep plays alive and 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 going to the areas of the ice where you have to go. Right. Uh, it's that stuff be- there that really convinced me that the best thing about Plotter is there really isn't a wrong answer here. I right. don't feel like he's of a character where he would go and pout and have a bad year and it no. would stunt his development and, and or nor do I feel like this is rushing him in and you're going to ruin him you know yeah sure they're going to do this incrementally absolutely we know yep. that by the line chart right now yep. uh, you know by the end of the nine games he might be centering the top line we don't know it might yep. take the half the season it might take longer it might go up and then come back it might have to be an ebb flow thing uh, the bottom line is is that is that the Bruins have done this the right way with him, and uh, they're going to continue to do so. Uh, and Potra, to his credit, uh, has made their, their decisions look good every step of the way. So, and that's yep. on him. Yeah, and my, my prediction uh, is that he will end up centering Brad Marchand. I think that's oh gonna, yeah, oh I think yeah. Brad, just... From what I've been told, Brad Marchand really likes him. I think he oh, yeah. wants to play with this, him. This, I think he wants a guy with high end skill that he can play yeah. with that's going to be able to set him up. So I think that's going to happen at a, you know, at a. I think that's the most time, move they, around thing we can look forward yeah, to is, yeah. is it Coyle? Is it Patra? Which way is this going to go? But there'll be but, people who complain and say, will you settle on something and give the yeah. kid a chance to just do this or that? Well, you I know. think it's, I think it's more like Charlie Coyle deserves a shot at a top six center spot. I think he's earned that. I think he should get some run there and they look at him in that position. I think for that reason and for the reason of dipping your toes in with uh, uh, Patra and putting him on the third line to start with Morgan Geeky and Trent Frederick, I think that's the best of both worlds. You're starting him off at a, with a, with a smaller bite and, and letting him sort of, you know, show what he can do in that kind of a role in the nine games. Look, see, you're also giving Charlie Coyle the spot that he's feel like he feels like he he's earned at this point and he's eager to have. And, but eventually I think Patra has the skill uh, at a higher level than Zaka and, and, uh, and Coyle do as far as offensive ability goes. So I think you're going to want him with the higher level offensive players. You're going to want him with somebody like Brad Marchand and you're going to want Charlie Coyle. I think eventually back in the third line center spot where I think he's at his best, where he's most effective. I think where the team is at its best and let's face it. If he, if Patrick can handle top six playing with Brad Marchand, you leave Zaka with David Pasternak and then you slide Coyle down into the third line center spot. 
you're starting to talk about rebuilding that depth at the forward position that you've had before and really like getting back to what you were even last year a little bit um, if it all works out that way. And I think it's just going to make them a stronger team uh, moving forward in a deeper team where that depth looked like it was really being challenged uh, going into this year. So I, I think that's going to happen regardless, as long as he looks like he's NHL ready. It's just it makes too much sense right now to start it along slowly and to you know give everybody their look at the other positions before you go down that road. I agree. And um, it's, uh, you know, strength down the middle. So help me, Harry Sinden. I mean, this is the <laughs> yeah. centennial season. And if there's anything the Bruins should be, it's sturdy down the middle of the rink. And so that's I mean, just good hockey. one thing about their identity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And some most teams win the Stanley Cup is by having in, in the last 25, 30 years. Most teams win the Stanley Cup by having two number one centers. Yeah. <laughs> so. So uh, there are a few of the different model and the Bruins may be morphing into that different model right now where it's more of a big three defense, but, uh, it, but that's, but having, having um, uh, two guys who can center the top line, uh, anybody's top line in the league is really, uh, if, you know, it looks like the Bruins may have an answer here. I'm not expecting Barry Peterson circa 81, 82, but, but I am uh, looking forward to every time Padre, uh, you know, gets near the puck, you know, and, 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 and his play away from it as well, obviously. And, you know, Hey, I don't want to put too much on the kid just because every I've liked everything I've seen so far. It yeah. doesn't mean that, you know, uh, oh, there's going to be peaks and valleys for a 19 year old over an 82 game season. No question. Yeah, that's right. And I'm sure there's going to be some guys who are going to want to truck him too. Yeah. So he's going to have to make yeah. sure that he has his head up when he gets his ankle caught with somebody's arm or something. That's when somebody's going to be, that's when a train's going to be going by. So, uh, that's the kind of stuff that uh, that concerns me a little bit, but uh, but I do feel like he's got a lot of savvy. Yes, he does. No and pun I think there's there's an elusiveness to him too. You know, like there there definitely is as far as like being able to wiggle out of those big hits. And I I think right. we've already seen that a little bit with him uh, where he has the sense to be able to avoid that stuff. And, you know, it's funny though, like that's one of the things I was thinking last night when I was watching Bedard uh, against the Penguins is they were looking to, every time he had the puck, they were looking to hit him or they were looking to get a body on him and really try to rush him and discourage him from shooting. And like, you know, everybody that's that age, 18, 19 years old is going to get that treatment and Potra is going to be no different. They're going to be yeah. looking to physically rough him up to discourage him from, from uh, carrying the puck, from holding it, from, you know, trying to hang on that extra second uh, mm -hmm. to make a play or to shoot the puck. So like, that's definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, on the other side of the the coin, uh, we have a player that did not make that final roster, uh, Mason Lowry, uh, who I thought had an excellent camp as well. I think he it's did. a much different position uh, or situation with the defenseman where oh, they yeah. have seven and eight guys under NHL contract. They had to, you know, wave Jacobs Borrell and send him down to the minors, even though he's, you know, a, a legitimate seventh uh, defenseman candidate for this roster. So uh, just your thoughts on Lowry's camp, the decision to move him down. Uh, to the AHL and, and, you know, how quickly you think we're going to see him. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on what kind of season the Bruins have is if to think that, you know, it, let's just try a few different equations. One, Lowry does really well with his minute munching time in Providence. His AHL season is solid. He shows better acumen defensively. One thing he wanted to do coming into this camp was close on players more aggressively and quickly yep. and kill plays faster. Which you I know, thought he did a pretty good job at. You know, I, it, he was good at that. I noticed he was he was fairly effective doing that with the long stick and the size. Yeah, and so going through the whole season and getting into regular season grind, 
um, you know, those three and threes and everything else. <clears throat> it's possible to deteriorate as well down there. But I do think that in the longer curve of the season, um, he should be a better player in seven months than he is right now, a more NHL-ready player. Because um, right now, I think putting him in there, I'd feel a little Colin Miller about it, you know? Yeah, can he skate? Yes. Can he shoot howitzers? Yes. Does mm-hmm. he have talent? Yes. Is he going to get burned? Yes. And, you know, I don't want to. I, I don't want to see a guy there who you know is going to get burned when it's better for him to go burn his fingers on the AHL stove and yeah. uh, let him let him do that there. Uh, he'll do that plenty in the NHL whenever he gets there. But but I feel like uh, as good as he's been and as encouraged as I am. Um, I'm, I'm like, Hey, AHL's perfect place. The Bruins have taken some guys and made some really good decisions by letting the likes of Nick Boynton, Johnny Boychuk, players like that bake for a whole season in the minors. Um, you know, maybe they'll win their best defenseman award. What is it? Peary? Um, or is that the coach one? I can't remember. I think that's um, the coach one. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mm, damn on that. Uh, so, um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, what I, I kind of season I'd like to see him have. And then if the Bruins are in a situation and he's in a situation and the stars align, then yeah, do the deadline deal. If they, if he's there and they're there. Yeah, I agree. And I think it could even be before the deadline. You know, I think if, I think I've said this before, I think if a few months into the season, he's played a ton of minutes, played all situations in Providence and is dominant and, in, you know, is showing that he's ready. Uh, they could even pull the trigger sooner than that uh, to bring him up. If he really is pounding on the door uh, to get in, especially like, let's say there's an injury at some point and he comes up and he plays so well at the NHL level when he gets his chance that you're like, you know, we're we not going to look back. Well, Charlie yeah, we, McAvoy against Ottawa in the right, 17th we, we playoffs. Can't send, right. Yeah. We can't send him back down. It's just not. He wasn't happen. supposed to even no. see that series. Correct. No. So like, you know, I, I feel like just with the attrition of defensemen, just with his talent level, what I saw in training camp, like I think with another month or two of finish in Providence, he's going to be at that level where if he comes up, I'm not sure he's going back down. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's how they with, want it. I think yeah. that's how they want it. You know, they, want, they would love to make, to make that decision once. And I think, uh, it, it, I think, you know, frankly, they probably kicked it around a little bit to see if there was any interest in any defenseman to move now to make the move now. And, you know, I don't think they were going to get the value they wanted and they weren't ready to make the move right now. And and they can do it a few months. They can kick the can down the road a month or two. And there's no shame in doing that. And I think it's the more prudent move to do that because, mm. you know, a month or two into the season, there's going to be injuries to other teams. There's going to be more defan- demand for defensemen. You can probably get more uh, mm-hmm. value. So it's not going to be a situation like it was a few years ago when they traded Boychuck right before the season started. I think this will... Whatever's going to yeah. happen will happen in season. They don't need to do a cap compliance move. No, they they, they have, have like one point of a situation or so. here where where yep. they can they can uh, play some hockey here, and and they know the law of averages. Some players are going to go down, and then other teams are going to become more interested in the Bruins' left side players. So we'll yep. see what happens after that. Because yeah, you're right. On that basis, it could happen a lot sooner, especially if they like what they're getting from low ride. And they want to see what it looks like with him with McAvoy and the team's playing well and the goaltending is really great. I just I think the eventually the writing is on the wall here that like they know they've lost to teams and I've said this before too they've they've lost to teams in the playoffs that go six two two ten all across the board on defensemen you know and they can't get to the net and those defensemen are keeping them out and that's what wins in the playoffs is having a big mobile strong mean 
defense corps. And and if you Petrangelo, Pareko, Bomeister, yes. yeah. If you subtract a five foot nine, 180 pound defenseman and you add a six foot two, 210 pound defenseman that can move the puck just as well and 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 can defend certainly better around the net, like that's a no brainer. I think you have to do that before the playoffs start. And the more time you can get him to get up to NHL speed before the playoffs start, the better. So I, I kind of feel like the blueprint is on the wall for that. Um, interesting situation that's playing out here uh, with the Bruins and the rosters. Danton Heinen is still here on a tryout, not signed to yeah. a contract yet. Um, there's been some interesting, like sort of parallels in the past. Um, some players that uh, have signed before the season started after um, making the teams on tryouts. And then I also remembered, and I looked this up uh, yesterday, Jay Pandolfo in 2013 was with the Bruins on a tryout in training camp, but that was the um, lockout shortened season that started in January. Uh, And he didn't actually sign a contract until they'd already played 11, 12 games into the season, a month into the season. Uh, So it's entirely possible for Heinen to continue to practice with the team and, you know, uh, go through sort of everything that they're doing for, uh, you know, a couple of weeks here to a month on this tryout uh, basis until they uh, feel like they need to sign him. So it's going to be interesting to see how that along that plays out for uh, they've brought Patrick Brown up as the 13th forward. I kind of envisioned him to be that all along when they signed him um, on July 1st, he seemed more Boquist, right? Yes. Depending if they want to go right or left. Yep. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how the Heinen thing plays out. I assume at some point he's going to sign, but I don't know that it's the urgency of has to be done right now. This could play out uh, into the season a little bit. Right. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, hey, there's no deadline on it, and it's really up to Danton, you know, whether or not he wants to, you know, I mean, in the European seasons, they started already. They they go, they start early, they end early. So uh, really the best thing he can do is hang around, keep practicing, stick with the thing that works. And, and then, uh, I mean, it isn't working yet, but it's, it's, uh, if they're willing to keep them on, uh, until they get things figured out, uh, then why not? I mean, he's, he's been a good player in this league and, and, uh, you know, I don't, they got to look and play some games here and see what their left wing third line looks like and, and then settle in on something. Yeah. And I, and I think the emergence of Patra maybe um, changed things as far as the plans for him too. Right. Uh, they, may, they may have been one less forward uh, spot open uh, because of the look that he's getting. And maybe there's a link there between the nine game look see for Patra and Heinen actually signing uh, for the entire season. It'll be interesting to see if there's, you know, the timing wise, if there's some kind of connection between those two things. Um, but, you know, I, I perhaps because then maybe geeky comes back to the middle. Correct. And then, and now you need a wing. Right. Um, but I, I think he's shown, you know, what he's shown in the past. He's not a line driver um, by any means, but he's a good complimentary player. He's, he's, I think better away from the puck than he was in the past. Uh, I oh, think yeah. he's a better 200 foot player now. Um, and more aggressive when he had, when he has a chance. Yeah. More so aggressive. I think, you know, <laughs> I think either way, whether it's an injury, whether it's Patra staying or not staying like whatever, I think there's, you know, there's a, 
there's a, a path for him to be on the team. It just may not happen immediately. It may uh, be delayed a little bit going into the season. Um, some things that you're keyed on or really interested in looking at your kind of X factors for the season or your, you know, storylines, narratives, whatever, that you're really interested to watch, maybe a couple um, as uh, the regular season starts, things that you think are going to be keys to the success of this team or things that you think may surprise people. Um, I had an interesting discussion with Kevin Shattenkirk and, and uh, it kind of touches on the subject that you opened with. And, and that was uh, the Bruins playing their system, their puck possession game and how it's going to do. We saw what, Paul Maurice did, which was obviously you have to have the horses to succeed at it. They had a very heavy team. Yep. And uh, a very disruptively heavy team. Uh, and they, and they rimmed the puck hard around the boards and they were able to him and the Bruins because the Bruins like to play in kind of a cluster, the short passes and intense puck support. Um, and I didn't ask for Kevin Shattenkirk to comment on the series, but what he had to say I found to be particularly relevant to what unfolded in that series as the series wore on, as the Bruins were banged up and got tired. Uh, he said, when we were just talking systems, I asked him, have you ever played this before? And he said, no. So I looked him up. Eight NHL coaches, some pretty famous ones. He never played the system. Yeah. He never played anything he considered to be anything like this system. He also played for Jack Parker at BU. Uh, so, um, but he said the thing, he, and the thing he volunteered to me, I didn't have to drag this out of him at all. He said, one of the things is, is that when you get into a lot of rimming of the puck, it kind of makes it harder for us to play our system because we want to be together, but now we have to go out and cut that off, that play. Right. And once you're out that, now you're not in your system anymore. So that's why the tactic to rim those pucks, rim them hard, and just one side, then the other side. Like, what the heck are they doing? Well, the Bruins either we're going to let them do that all day and stand in the middle of the rink and never get any changes, or they're going to have to go out and cut off a play. Once you do that, now you're in that tricky land between are we playing Monty hockey or right. are we playing something else? And if it right. is, what's are they the transition? Because he says it's not just when they're um, breaking out the puck where you can really see the evidence of the Monty hockey, where there's always a little lateral passing outlet so that if you get in trouble, no, you got to play it right here. And now he moves it to somebody and he moves it to somebody. And you get this illusion of speed because because the, the possession stays the same and the puck keeps coming up the ice. He yep. says that he goes, but when the other team has the puck in the cycle, he says there's a lot of switches of coverage and handoffs and, and it's very layered. And when you and when you learn it and everybody learns it and everybody's committed to it and playing it well, it's unbelievable how well it works. But, you know, it's 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 system hockey is funny. You know, you, yep. it's always a bit of a risk reward thing. If you fully some of them demand a higher level of commitment to the system or adherence, maybe is a better word, in order for the system to work at all. And then if it works it works fabulously, but if it breaks down, it breaks down spectacular, you know? So it's, um, I, I want to see more of this this year uh, and see how it unfolds. Now the Bruins need to make a competitive response to what happened to them. Especially yeah. I, I, I generally like Monty's system. I do think it's going to be challenged a little bit more this year, given the personnel, uh, 
being hyper aggressive offensively at times, uh, being high risk in the offensive zone, really <clears throat> playing and pressing up against the other team. I think, and uh, you know, the defensemen being as aggressive as they are, I think all that stuff is going to be really interesting to watch, especially with new centers. Um, and especially with his less offensive firepower, where it may be more three to two, two to one games than, uh, you know, them scoring four five, six goals a game, them being the second highest powered offense in the NHL, like they were last year. I think all that stuff is going to be really interesting to watch. But my thing is, um, is the goaltending. I, I think watching training camp, uh, talking to them, uh, both, um, just seeing where Jeremy Swayman's at, I think he's poised to really even make another step up this year and, and start mm-hmm. seizing more of the playing time and, you know, uh, really challenging. And it's funny to say this with a goalie that's coming off the Vesna trophy last year and Linus Allmark, but uh, you know, Swayman was almost right there with them last year. And I think he would dedicated himself this summer to be even, being even better and put a lot of work in. And I think it's going to, it translated, I thought in training camp, and I think it's going to translate into the season uh, with him where I, I think he's going to surprise some people where if he gets a little bit of a run, he may, you know, take some games away from, from Allmark and it could even slant, uh, you know, 50 games for Swayman and, you know, 30 something for Allmark or, you know, 48 for him. Like he may get the higher percentage of the starts when we look back over the course uh, of the regular season. And he may be the guy that starts game one of the playoffs too. Um, I definitely think it's interesting that the Bruins the day before opening night against the Blackhawks had not named a starting goaltender for that game as well. Uh, I think all this stuff plays into, I think the Bruins Bruins are looking at Swayman and saying he looks like he really wants it. And uh, I think that's going to be something to watch closely because they're going to obviously need both goalies to perform at an elite level all season long if they're going to be a playoff team uh, as they did last season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do you think we might get from uh, level one mode to mode limelight? Maybe. <laughs> it could be the <laughs> they, year. They, that they, that they may re- reverse the particles, uh, <laughs> like in Ghostbusters. Yeah, that, that may, you know, can't rule these things out. You just don't know until the puck drops and they play. Um, I'd be shocked if Linus didn't get the start. How do you win the Vesna trophy and <laughs> come back the next season and not get the number one in the first game? Whatever uh, happens after that is what is, is, what is the season. That's what happened. Right. So, right. uh, so I, you know, uh, that, that would shock me. I, that would be, yeah, I don't know what to do with that piece of information. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one too. Um, uh, I think, I think the point about the, when you were responding about the Montgomery's aggression, I think, still think they plan on sending that, that, defenseman and making it a four-man attack the weak side I think, yeah i think they're gonna i think they're gonna if if anything they might try to be more aggressive because guys have had a chance a year to play it yeah personnel that's on defense is, is coming back yep and so except uh, for shattenkirk yep. yep that's right and he's in a, <clears throat> I think that old dog can can learn new tricks so especially I think, when well, he's well i think that style also played I think that style plays into his like overall approach and style of play anyway. So yeah, exactly. It's not like he's going to think some new thought for his hockey life. 
Um, so, so I think that that's there. And I think that you're right. I think it's really important that the Bruins do a good job of eating pucks and not turning pucks over because you're not going to have David Krejci, his mind and his hands making those decisions and passes or Bergeron, whose skills are probably a little harder, but he always made great decisions with the puck. And, uh, Andy erased a lot of mistakes with his hustle, his back check, his intelligence, like all that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just it, it, the, an embarrassment of riches at that position for so long. I mean, yep. when I was a kid, we had Esposito, Stanfield, and Derek Sanderson for six years in a row and thought it was, I thought it was awesome that that happened. Now you change it up and you got Greg Shepard, John Rattel, and Peter McNabb, and you're still great. And, but, but you don't have them for that many years. To have these guys, this many years, if you told me that when I was at 20 years old, I would say impossible. Yeah. You know, I mean, but but this has become what happens in the NHL uh, because of the conditioning of the athletes, the nutrition, the medicine, the support. They they're able to do this. And it's much more of a regular thing now than it was when when I was first a hockey fan. So, um, you know, so for that era to end. It's cataclysmic. It just is. And and even if even if Pablo Zaka really takes to this situation and Pasta's obviously got the talent to drive the line from the wing position. Yeah. Um, and and, uh, you know, it's become a much more popular way to look at hockey now uh, through that lens. And and, and Marshan will do the same for whoever's centering him. Uh, and so uh, you have that in your top six. You have that kind of presence. but. Uh, you still don't have those two guys and you have a defenseman joining your attack. You know, they got to do a good job taking care of the puck here. Haas has got to go yet another notch of maturity to make sure that, you know, that he doesn't get too desperate to find offense in a play that he winds up giving the opponent a scoring chance. They don't have as many get out of jail free cards this year for that. No, they definitely don't. And I think it, it speaks to just like there's going to be growing pains with this team as they adjust to sort of the new world order of the Boston Bruins, what they have, what they don't have um, personnel wise. Uh, I think there's going to be times where it's going to look good and there's going to be times where they, you're going to notice the players that aren't there. that were world class players that were there before as the other uh, centers are gaining their identity and the lines are figuring out how to play with each other and, you know, et cetera. So it, it's going to be really interesting and fascinating to watch. It speaks to to us as just, uh, I think, uh, observers and chroniclers how interesting it's going to be to watch because it's going to be something uh, very different that we're not used to. But it also, at the end of the day, it's it's just about excitement. The Boston Bruins are back. The NHL is back. Uh, mm. Hockey is here. Uh, Mick and I are extremely excited about it. And I want to say, Mick, thank you very much for joining me on the Pucks with Hags podcast. Uh, as always, we appreciate your knowledge and uh, your presence here, and uh, we will be asking you to come back again. Uh, I also want to thank uh, our fa- our sponsors, Factor Meals, uh, number America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Head to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first box. Chef-made, uh, very healthy. Uh, and delicious, uh, and also FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Uh, that spreads prop, player props, over-unders, uh, all kinds of stuff. So go to FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season right by spending some money at FanDuel Sportsbook. Mick, thank you very much for coming on with us. Pleasure. All right, we'll see you at the Garden tonight. Uh, And we'll see all of you in the future. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the rink.